Herbal Essences is on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. We all know that winter can leave our hair feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and hemp shampoo and conditioner and argan oil and aloe hair mist work together to hydrate and moisturize hair for fantastic frizz control. Not to mention, Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. Look for the Herbal Essence's potent aloe collections green bottles at food and drugstores or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work, self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, I'm sitting down with Miranda Bennett. She's an amazing woman, super talented, and she owns the clothing line Miranda Bennett Studios in Austin, Texas. We're talking about everything from, of course, entrepreneurship to self-care and also how building a business has had its ebbs and flows and also really amazing lessons along the way. I think y'all are gonna enjoy this story. Here's Miranda. Hey girl. Hey girl, I'm so happy to be talking to you, Alex. I'm so happy to be talking to you, Miranda. I'm thrilled, actually. I cannot wait to just dive in to all these good things that you have going on. But before we get started, please introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners. So who are you and what do you do? Awesome. I am Miranda Bennett, and I'm the founder and creative director of Miranda Bennett Studio. We are a apparel and lifestyle line that use all, uh, we use all plant-based dyes, and we dye and manufacture in Austin, Texas. And our clothing is all ethically made in partnership with a nonprofit here in town that creates jobs for refugees in the Austin area. We've also started cultivating our dye stuff with that same nonprofit um, in the Austin area. That's really amazing. I didn't know that you were partnered with um, with a nonprofit. That's amazing. I mean, just I just love you more now. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It was honestly like such a gift that they were located here in town. Um, it was like when we were starting to grow beyond, you know, initially me sewing everything to then having a few freelance women that we were working with. Uh, I was just kind of putting feelers out and researching. And I was like, you you have got to be kidding me that this organization is here. It's the Multicultural Refugee Coalition is sort of the parent nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And then Open Arms is one of their social enterprises that does manufacturing. And when we started working with them, they had maybe like four sewers. Um, and we've been able to like really grow symbiotically. So we now have six dedicated sewers that work with us and they've just partnered with another organization that's allowed them to hire another 10 people. Um, and we're hoping that through our partnership, we'll be able to provide the resources for another two hires this year and just kind of on and on. 
as we continue to grow. We've made it very clear that we're committed to them, that Mm -hmm. we're not going to pull out one season and say, oh, you know, we got a better bid somewhere else. It's very much a non-traditional manufacturing partner in that sense, because we're not, it's not driven by the cost of the production as much as it's driven by like the integrity of us being able to continue to work together. So let's rewind a little bit and talk about how the brand was born, how it, how you got started and why it's so important to you to make and put into the world sustainable clothing. I always struggle with the how it started because I feel like, you know, it's twofold. It was I had initially had a more traditional clothing brand and that was really what led directly to the creation of how things are now. A lot of it was like how MBS has established is in reaction to sort of some of the pain points I experienced that first time around. So it started very organically once I moved back to Austin in the sense that I was basically questioning if I would continue within the field of fashion. I felt burnt out by and somewhat alienated by just the more traditional, we make this, we bring it to market, we manufacture it, we start over, where really just, you know, it's much more of a, the relationship to that good is not so much going deeper than just like the execution of that process. So when I moved back here, I just, I completely stopped doing the, you know, full wholesale collection Mm -hmm. or retail or anything. And I just got like a teeny little studio space and I started to learn about dyeing practices in general, which led me to plant dyes. And that was kind of what woke my heart back up to just the you know, the whole relationship to making and process and reignited my interest in what had sort of brought me to it initially. But as that kind of progressed, every step of the way, I just sort of started to consider, well, how could I do this in the richest, most meaningful way? And, you know, it's not been all at once. It's been very much like examining each process along the line. For me, that was like the only way or the only reason to continue. I'm just not interested in Um, just making things and selling them. It's like all of the opportunities that come upon, you know, that come with that process of the making that is not really intriguing to me, like that it can mean a partnership with an organization like Open Arms and now their agricultural um, initiative, New Leaf, or the women that we work with in the studio, or, you know, how we're sourcing our natural dyes, how we can sort of really like take this medium that's known for more of a spontaneous and smaller scale sort of operative manual like how do we translate that to something that can be scaled and utilized commercially and you know doing so in-house and using our own you know limited resources but like really thriving on that challenge um that was you know that's really the impetus of how we have grown and I didn't have the plan of like, oh, we're going to scale up and get this many team members this year and do Mm -hmm. this tour this year. But that's kind of how we arrived at at this place that we're at now, which is just having opened our first retail store. It looks so beautiful. And I wanted to talk about how that growth has felt for you as you've kind of gone through all the different steps. And I think it just seems like you're on on an upward climb. And while I know because I'm a business owner as well, it's not always an upward climb. There's always, you know, trials and tribulations that we may face. But opening a retail store in your community is huge. That's a big step to have a brick and mortar. How did that feel for you? And what kind of drove you to say, okay, it's time for people to be able to come in and touch the clothes, see them, feel them and experience Miranda Bennett Studios in a different way? 
in terms of how it's felt, it's like a constantly evolving thing. Um, because like on the one hand, it really felt like, you know, it was time to be able to provide that space based on, you know, we had grown our wholesale program, our e-commerce was continuing to grow and things had, you know, come to this point where to me, it felt like we've earned the right to take this risk mm. and to take on this challenge because, you know, everything for me, like I haven't had any, anyone helping me financially and I haven't had investors and it's always been, you know, very much like about that piece being the pace car for yeah. how we can grow and keeping things within a range that something we could sustain on our own and the store was this moment of like okay we're gonna have to really step out of that comfort zone and really invest and take some take some new approaches and new decisions to to make this possible and I think in a way I took it for granted what a new and big and like massive <laughs> undertaking it was going to be mm -hmm. just, you know even just in terms of operations it's a really different entity than being on the manufacturing side but it really felt like we were at a point as a collection where we needed to be able to provide an outlet for our work that was really comprehensive and where people could come in and engage with it. And, you know, we love our wholesale partners, but our, the buys that they're going to have are always going to be part of their point of view, which I love, but was not allowing us to show every fabric, every cut. The other side of it, too, is as we've begun this agricultural initiative of actually cultivating our new dyes and also doing a lot of R&D on zero waste dye stuff that we can source locally, mm -hmm. there's a lot more output from our dye practice that doesn't necessarily fit into that wholesale or even traditional e-commerce program. So it was also a way for us to support that. So as we're dyeing and, and getting these new colors and you know experimenting with new techniques those things can live in these smaller batch runs on the retail floor mm. um, and I think the other piece of it is being in a position now to actually support and be a platform for other other businesses that are led in ways that we admire and that we want to bring in front of our customers so things like our like Brightland olive oil or primary natural deodorant mm -hmm. or um, diaspora turmeric like like just a lot of lines where it's like oh my gosh I feel so much passion for the the women and not exclusively women but you know for the people that are behind these companies and to share that as part of the overall culture of our company is really exciting for me herbal essences believes in plant-based beauty their potent aloe collections are sulfate free and paraben free and instead infused with real botanicals with the indulgent scents you know and love they are on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using we all know that winter can leave our curls feeling super dry herbal essences potent aloe and mango shampoo conditioner and curl cream work together to hydrate for moisturized defined and long-lasting curls. Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Q, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. Sound intriguing? Look for the Herbal Essence's potent aloe collections green bottle at food, drugstores, or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? 
Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe, or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue, and it's shaped like the flower, and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between $269 to $467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the product's individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. I love having women on the show who are entrepreneurs. We've been doing that a lot this season. And I find that even if listeners aren't in business for themselves or even don't want to be in business for themselves, they can learn so much about what it takes and what it means to take a risk, be it in business or in mm -hmm. their personal life and how they can lean into their community, be it in business or not. Right. So mm -hmm. I want to talk about um, you self-investing and being self-funded is something to be extremely proud of. I was I'm self-funded. So it just makes me feel super happy when I hear that other women have decided to go that route. And that's not to say anything about people who have investors or, you know, who right. decide to go that route because that is their path and their journey. But I love hearing from other women who decided not to go that route. So I want to hear from you why you chose to put in your own money, but also how that impacted your growth in good ways, of course, but also maybe in ways that you feel like might have held you back a bit, but perhaps it was worth it. For me, it was like, I just been on my own like yeah. financially since I was like 
you know, I had my first job at like 15 and then was like pretty much on my own from like 17 on. So it was just the way I've always had to operate. And it wasn't an option to, to you know, first to have those types of resources from family. But then beyond that, um, I think, you know, having survived the recession as well with my initial line, things can be going one way one day and then they can change really dramatically <laughs> very quickly. And so I really wanted to have to build our business in a way that like, you know, we would be, we would be steady, we would be okay. And we wouldn't always be banking on a future windfall or a future development or future funds, you know, funds that were coming in outside of the organic collection of proceeds. So when it came time to do the, um, the store, I did get a loan, but I did an SBA loan, which I highly recommend, you know, if there are women listening who are kind of thinking, what's the next step? How can I scale? Like, you can explore those types of more traditional funding options and that there's definitely no shame in that. And, you know, I was actually just talking about this with another friend who owns a shop. It's so hard when you're not around people that are entrepreneurs to have any conversations about money because Mm -hmm. the reality is just so different from having a regular paycheck. And like you do kind of have to toughen your skin to a certain degree for taking those risks on yourself and also making those financial investments the idea of buying a house right now is not something I can really explore or Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like those personal milestones that you kind of do, you know, unfortunately initially kind of have to put on the back burner. But for me, it was really about just like having agency more than anything, you know, always maintaining that ability to make the decisions that we wanted to make because sometimes we're not going to be, you know, I would say actually most of the time we're not driven by what is the most profitable. And if that was, uh, you know, if we had an investor, if we had someone else, that was contributing or partnering with us on that side, you know, our, it would be very challenging, I think, to find someone with values that aligned mm. with what our values are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's an important thing to note. To shift gears just a bit, your plant dyeing is just amazing, first of all. I was blown away when I found out that the turmeric yellow dress that I have was dyed with turmeric and I was just like blown away. So I wanted to ask, what has using plant dyes taught you about number one, exploring your creativity and number two, learning how to use your hands in a new way with the testing and the swatches Mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature. How have you found joy in that process? Oh my gosh. I've found so much joy in that process. Um, you know, I, I really do attribute it to what brought my heart back mm-hmm. to like just to the work within fashion and brought like it, it woke me back up. I don't know how else to say it, but like there is such a, there's such a special quality to these colors that are created with plant dyes. And, you know, not to mention what it means in terms of supply chain, in terms of the environment. And I also love that there's kind of always the way to go further, like even in terms of our sourcing, going initially from purchasing, you know, pre-processed extracts to now getting into this terrain of actually cultivating and processing, learning extraction methods for like these raw goods that we're getting our hands on and experimenting with. Um, That is kind of always at the like, the nucleus of like what keeps this work so engaging, you know, and how that work can ripple out into these jobs in these sectors that are, you know, really beneficial to our community. Um, But I think that's, you know, not without its challenges for sure. Plant dyes, there's like really, I think 
some mystery around it because it's not a com you know it's getting more commonly used in certain niches and I love that and I'm hoping that that just continues and I think what it can even mean to do that also can look very different you know so it's something that people can can explore at home even looking at like food waste that's something I'm just like kind of looking always at how can we like educate or talk more about that side of it so that like it becomes less of a mystified you know like that there that veil can be kind of lifted and people can kind of like really see it and feel it themselves Mm -hmm. Um, but for me it was really it was just that quality of those colors and also just re-engaging with that process and like being able to have that creative control also over our colors like the idea that they kind of tell you what they'll give you, but at the same time, like to, to be able to create these palettes in house is such a gift for a company of our size, you know? So yeah. it's just an all around, like a really rewarding and, um, you know, I kind of always refer, refer to it as like, it's the soul of our, our studio and our business is, is those plant dyes. Mm. I definitely Mm -hmm. don't want to leave this conversation without talking about generations in MBS. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the fit finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. Those images that you've shared are absolutely stunning. So what was the motive behind that initiative, behind that campaign? And how has that kind of taught you about community in a sense when Mm -hmm. cultivating those images for your, your brand? That came about very organically. Um, I was casting for a photo shoot that we were doing and, I've really, being based in Austin, I've really turned to my community here to 
to uh, cast for our photo shoots rather than, you know, going with uh, traditional modeling agencies. Um, and Sheree was someone, so the mother in that trifecta, the, you know, it was a daughter, mother, and grandmother. Mm-hmm. Sheree was the mother. And she was someone who I had met very organically. Um, and when we were doing this open casting call for like, we were, I think the description had said something like all ages, all backgrounds, all body types. Um, she had responded to that one. And as I was looking on her profile, I saw her daughter, Ava, I saw her mom, Betty, and I was like, oh my gosh, this woman and her family. I like the initial shoot we had was like a totally different thing. But what I ended up, you know, from that conversation, I was like, could we actually plan a separate project altogether based around you and your family? And at the time, her daughter was studying abroad. So we waited a year to be able to take those photos, which made it like all the more special when Mm -hmm. that actually, you know, could happen. But um, I cannot, like, it almost, like, it brings tears to my eyes when I think of that shoot because their, like, their energy as a family was so beautiful. They had such a, like, just a love and, like, a sweetness and an openness with each other that was, like, really moving to be able to, like, just bear witness to, let alone, like, photograph and then be able to share. And, um, you know, I think that's the thing too in this conversation of how can we look at all of our processes and try and like bring the most meaning to them. That's definitely extended to our photography in the sense that like who we represent, who we show is we're sending a message, you Mm -hmm. know, to anyone that's interacting with our line. And that's something that I'm just continuing to think of like, how do we, you know, how do we continue to approach that in a way that, is really thoughtful. That's not random. That's not just, oh, this person's available to stay, but really thinking about like that rhythm and that balance of who we're, who we're sort of advocating for or sharing or, you know, um, just representing really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. been like a really big pleasure for me is like, I, I cast our shoots and am really involved with that side of the process. And um, I think I've been really amazed at how moving and like enriching that side of our work has become of course, before we go, we have to talk about mm-hmm. self-care. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, right. That's a thing, right? So <laughs> I, I want to get your take on what self-care looks like for you as an individual, um, mm-hmm. as a team leader, and mm-hmm. also as a business owner with a brand that is growing. H- how is it looking for you these days? How is it feeling for you these days? Full disclosure, it's not looking as good as it could. It's feeling like a challenge that I'm kind of humbled by. But that being said, it's something I am like at this point actively aware of and really trying to consciously improve for myself. And I think, you know, what that can look like is just as simple as saying I'm when I come home from work, I don't answer emails anymore. I'm just present with my fiance or I'm reading a book I really wanted to get to or I'm taking my dogs on a walk or, you know, just actually giving myself permission to unplug. Mm. For me, one of the quickest ways to feel um, like I'm able to sort of reset is is being outside, is not being plugged into anything, even music, and just allowing myself to just stop and kind of engage with my, my surroundings. And that being said, we're actually going to host a panel on wellness and entrepreneurship in the store next week with Trinity Wolford, who owns Gold, and some other really incredible local women in Austin. And I 
in thinking about moderating that, I've been thinking of my questions very much from the perspective of someone who needs to take some notes, you know, like someone who needs some yeah. some guidance in that space. You know, in terms of leading a team, I think it's very much a part of the leadership style that, you know, myself and my team leader, Liz, who works with me at the studio, we're, we're often discussing like how we incorporate compassion into our management style, but how we also can, in doing that, convey clearly standards and expectations and, you know, and the space for really healthy and transparent dialogue, because I think that really is at the root of all functional relationships, whether that's in your home life or your work life. But that does mean intervening when we see our team not taking care of themselves Mm. or observing, you know, that there is a lack of balance within the distribution of work or the work-life balance that a certain team member is able to achieve. So that's something that we've really become a lot more proactive about intervening on and really making a priority and really making part of our, like, our discussions as a team. You know, it's, it's an ongoing challenge, and I think it will always be a challenge in the sense that, you know, what the team and what the work looks like continues to evolve. Yeah. So what might have worked a year ago doesn't really work now you know so I think that's the thing too is like remembering that you do have to constantly check in with yourself and even check in on what your like what your wellness or self-care strategies are because it's evolving as much as the work itself evolves. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall and me Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. Kokai.